wake up, wake up. I was jostling the bundle in the sleeping bag next to mine and whispering, wake up. I just opened the, uh, the zipper on our nylon tent about six inches to notice that there was a battalion, a battalion of, of turkeys surrounding us as if we were part of the wildness with them. And when I realized that we could almost just stick our hand out and pet the tail feathers of about a half dozen of them, I shook the sleeping bag where my oldest son was, well, in, uh, in, in, in absolute dreamland uh, rapture. Wake up, wake up. I wanted him to arise and catch the vision of what I was seeing. Because I knew, being just a little older, that, um, that our life is made up, the collage of our life is made up of moments like this, unless we sleep through them. I don't know exactly why that uh, memory came charging back to me last Monday morning. I was walking Kay out to the car, as I always do as she departs for work at the hospital. And I don't know if it's because it was still completely, completely dark at 6 a.m. Just a, just a, just a, a bare hint of light on the eastern horizon. I don't know. Maybe it was, um, maybe it was the damp chill uh, that filled the air that vanquished the last sleep from my eyes. All I know is that suddenly. Uh, like a rush of a roaring cold wind, I was taken back to that little tent on the Cumberland plant, Plateau in Tennessee where I sh uh, uh, where I, that I shared with my then seven-year-old tow-headed son, well, who's now 42, and his hair is now dark with flecks of gray along the side. I was taken back to that time uh, there beneath the hardwoods there uh, in the Tennessee mountains when I, when I felt fully awake to my own life. You know, maybe it wasn't the chill and maybe it wasn't the encroaching light. Perhaps it's just the fact that we are here at, the, uh, we, we are, uh, here at Advent. You know, the, the word Advent is derived from the Latin Adventus, which means uh, arrival or to come. And those of us who have been around for a while know that Advent is a rather breathless season. It is quick as we, as we march furiously towards um, uh, the arrival of the Christ child. As we await our salvation to come to us in a baby in well, in a nondescript outlying, uh, no account town uh, just beyond the gates of Jerusalem. We know that we need this salvation because, well, we know things around us can get pretty, pretty desperate. That's why Isaiah prophesied, uh, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those that dwelt in deepest darkness, on them the light has, has shined. But it's curious to me that most of the Advent 
uh, readings do not deal with the coming of the Christ child in that tiny town of Bethlehem. But most of them deal with Christ's second cosmic coming, as we read today. There's an urgency that the Lord will not leave this world untouched by his grace. Every inch, every inch will be filled with it. But as Jesus warns himself, about the hour no one knows, uh, not the angels in heaven, not even the Son, only the Father. But I suspect really that it's likely that most of us, if we're honest, um, are most concerned about Christ coming to us personally. And will we be, will we be ready to receive him? Will we be ready to rearrange our lives in his presence? I mean, how telling that Jesus says uh, to those surrounding him, stay awake, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will return. Will it be in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, lest he come suddenly and he find that you are asleep? Sleep. Of course, this presses the question, why? Why would we want to receive him? And the one who will completely discombobulate our lives. Why would we? Well, a hint is in the word Advent itself. <laughs> Advent is the root of the word adventure. It's the root of the word adventure. And make no mistake that if, if, if we are awake and Christ enters our lives afresh this season, he, he will take us to unknown vistas and territories both outside of ourselves and inside of ourselves. And I was reminded of this uh, in a beautiful way this week. I've been reading the work of a Lutheran pastor who serves a parish right on the boundary of Yellowstone National Park. And she writes this, she says, we are alive in the wildness of God. <laughs> we are alive in the wildness of God. And that is a wildness that is beautiful and strange and completely uncontrolled by you and me. There are places in the divine, she writes, that we have not yet seen. Oh. We're alive in God's wildness. We're not alive in God's tameness, but in His wildness. Oh, the places He wants to take you and me if we come awake to Him. And it's unlikely during Advent that any of us will uh, circle uh, the fierce great geysers of Yellowstone, nor will we camp underneath those magnificent lodgepole pines. And it's doubtful that we will kayak or canoe down those swift glacial rivers. But one thing's for sure, you and I are being swept along in 
in a, in a viral torrent. We're being swept along in a viral torrent. And it reminds us just how much of God's creation we do not control. And in the face of that, we have raised, we have raised our hands and we have railed at God. We have, we have lamented and we have been angry and we have said, why have you visited this sinister pandemic on us? Beginning on Monday, as I saw my wife off and I was awakened to myself, I realized we need to yoke our lament and our anger to voices of thanksgiving and praise. Praise God that He has shaken the ground beneath our feet and awakened us to a new possibility of life. Praise God He has let us know that we are alive in His wildness. It is not a tame world around us, but it is a glorious one. It's time to come awake to that fact and come awake to the fact that he has come calling on you and me. Now, the question is, how do we become awake so that we receive the Lord who is coming to us? I have taken you through the purely theoretical, but now... I want, to, um, I want to talk a little bit about what is innately practical in our Christian walk. One thing we might do, uh, we must do to come away to Christ who is coming to us is we need to begin to pray. Now you would expect any preacher to say that. But let me just be patently honest with you. Prayer is the Mount Everest in the middle of my spiritual life. Of all the things that I find most daunting, praying, I find them to be the most difficult. I am, um, I am, a, I am a voracious scripture reader. I love studying the Bible. I do so every day. I am pretty good about doing what I'm supposed to do. Serving you. And doing what I'm called to do. I am pretty much put on your britches, get out the door kind of guy. But prayer has been, has been what has been most difficult for me. And I imagine for some of you, you may admit the same thing. You throw up words and you go, my goodness, it just sounds like me complaining or making my laundry list again or whatever. So I've made a decision this Advent. I'm going to pray the way Jesus prayed. You know, it was all the rage, what, 10 or 20 years ago to ask the question, what would Jesus do, WWJD? Well, in the time we started asking how Jesus prayed, we know how he prayed. It's not a mystery. He prayed the Psalms. That's how Jesus prayed. I mean, my goodness, as the, his life is ebbing out of him, he goes right to Psalm 22. My, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Psalms are the Jewish prayer book. It's why in the Book of Common Prayer, it's the only complete book that we publish within it. And what is wonderful and honest about the, the Psalter 
is that, is that they're emotionally raw. And they go from lament to anger to praise to thanksgiving all in about six or seven verses. And so I have applied myself over the last several weeks to memorizing several of the Psalms. So during the day, uh, I will, I'll, if I'm by myself, I'll get on my knees. If I'm out walking or something or doing some other work, I'll just stop the car and I'll begin to pray the Psalms. And that way I can be completely honest with God and give him back the words which he has given to us. How? How? Do we make ourselves ready? We pray. We pray like Jesus prayed. Secondly, I challenge us to begin to chronicle our life. You know, what is the Bible other than a chronicle of God's relationship uh, with his people and the people's response to that? People under the influence of the Holy Spirit wrote down their experience of God. That's what the Bible is. Well, you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit. So why wouldn't we write down, write down uh, uh, facts about our life on a, daily, on a daily basis? I started 269 days ago keeping a journal every single day. So for nine months, I have put down my thoughts and my prayers uh, uh, during this pandemic. No one else will ever read it, probably but me. But I've done it. And I'll tell you something else it does for us when we begin to chronicle our life. We begin to see that one day is not just the same as the other. That every day is unique. That God gives us this life and we're supposed to pay attention to it. So write down your prayers. I always put a photograph of mine. I do an electronic calendar, so an electronic diary. So I put a photograph every day. I write down a prayer. I write my reflections on the scriptures. It didn't take that long. Thirdly, let's step out into God's wildness. Did you hear me? Let's step out into God's wildness this Advent. And I'm not talking about attacking the honeysuckle vines on your back fence. I'm talking about... I'm talking about stepping into the life of grace in a brave way. You know, at Bishop Fry's burial, I issued a challenge to this whole congregation. All 12 or 1,300 of you. And that is that, uh, that I want you to go out this Advent and do one generous act, one unexpected generous act on behalf of another. Something completely unanticipated by the person who receives it. And then on Christmas Eve, at one of our four celebrations, just to put on a little piece of paper, anonymously, what you did. And let me tell you something better still. Do an act of generosity for someone from whom you are estranged. For that would make Barbara particularly grateful. And we all have those people. So let's do it. Step out into God's wildness. Simple things. Simple things. Begin to pray. Pray honestly. Pray through the scriptures. Two, keep a chronicle of your life because it matters and, it, and it's changing. 
And thirdly, step out into God's wildness, into the life of grace. And then, then, this will be the most notable advent we have ever had. As Jesus says, what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake.